Hello and welcome to the Average Gamers Podcast, episode two, Is Gaming Dying? I'm Rob and I'm joined today by Caleb. Yo, what's up? Sadly, Pez is not with us today because he's got the man flu, but honestly, he's probably just playing Warhammer combat cards or something. Um, anyways, today we're catching up on what games we've been playing through the week and catching up on, well, addressing the big question that is on a lot of 30-year-olds' minds. Uh, is gaming dying? I'm excited for this topic because it's so divisive. Depending on where you stand, take a look over on YouTube and you'll see a ton of video essays based on this topic. People that don't find gaming fun anymore and are trying to figure out why people that feel that gaming has lost its way in the face of corporate business practices and people excited about where gaming is going. So uh, yeah, it's it's like super diverse. I'll have a, I have a lot of thoughts on the subject, but I'm keen to hear where you stand, Caleb. Yeah. Uh... You will hear that for sure. <laughs> you will hear that. You don't want to. You don't want to. Like you can't commit to a yes or no. Oh no! You will. Uh, wait. Yes or no? Is gaming dying? You want me to hear that? You want me to say that right now? Well, so I want to know if you think it's it's like a very simple yes or no, or do you think it's more complicated? Ooh. Oh, it's more complicated for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyways, uh, what games have you been playing this week? Well, uh, it's funny you should ask. So. Is, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, how coincidental that you asked me on a gaming podcast what I've been playing. Um, what have I been playing? I think the, the what I've played most of this week is probably uh, Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice, an oldie. I think it came out in 2017. 2017, uh, yeah, that is a while back now. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, earlier in the week, I was playing some PGA 2K23, doing some online matches and getting better at pro mode. Do you feel um, that playing PGA 2K makes you feel uh, makes you better at golfing in real life? That's an interesting question that I have thought about. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you even I, thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it helps. I honestly think it's helped me with my putting because in the game um, I play it without being able to see where your putts are going. Um, and so you have to just kind of read the hill and the slope and where it's going and make an adjustment and then just hope that it's going the right way. And I think that's helped me get better at reading the slopes when I'm actually on the golf course. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I would say maybe it has helped a little bit. Yeah, not bad, not bad. It's helped me learn a lot of golf theory. Because there's a lot of stuff like if you're aiming this side of the ball or that side of the ball, or if you're aiming into wind, what's it going to do, and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, and Hellblade: Sinua's Sacrifice. How are you? How are you finding that one? Uh, well, I did you finish it? It's only a game. Yeah. So it's a, I think, seven-hour game, according to Game Pass. Which also shout out to Game Pass for having that little um, time to complete add-on whatever underneath the game on the store page. Super helpful. I've actually looked at quite a few games and gone, hmm, do I want to sit down and play this for 40 hours? And then I'm like, oh, it's only a 20-hour completion. Maybe I will play that. Do you, okay, so here, do you find that you hit those completion times or do you, like, and when you go over, do you feel guilty? Uh, Maybe not guilty. Maybe just like I haven't played it well enough if I found out that it 
was shorter than it took me and I didn't fart around for a lot of time in it. Yeah, I feel like I'm not a real man. <laughs> That's why whenever I watch a review and it's like, yeah, so the campaign should take you X, X amount of hours, I'm always like, when I go over that, I'm like, uh, I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel that way. I know it's dumb, but I still feel it. I don't feel too bad normally because a lot of the time if I do go over, especially by a lot, it's because I was enjoying the game and doing a lot of side quests and that sort of thing. Yeah, streaming sucks for it uh, because often you have the game open while you're waiting to go streaming or, or, or whatever, or you uh, you yeah. get asked a question, you pause the game and you talk for like five, ten minutes. So True. that's the excuse I'm going to use, but uh, yeah. it, it does. It's not always true. Yeah. Oh, it only took me 150 hours to complete Final Fantasy 16. Might take me longer than that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what did you think? Yes. Like, what? What about Sinua's, um Because you you feel it's a good game. Yeah, I I really like uh, Norse mythology. And it had a lot of that in it, like a big part of the um, exploration was finding these little, um, uh, what do you call them? Like, they're kind of like totems. Uh, and when you use Sinua's sight on them to um, examine them, uh, it, a guy narrates and gives you a bunch of backstory on, it sounds like basically the entire Norse history from when the gods were born to um, Ragnarok. Okay, yeah. Which is cool. I'll be honest, I'm very off of Norse mythology. I'm just, it's like, um, it's like the Marvel Universe for me at the moment. I just, I've I've heard it so many times, I've seen so many of them, that anytime someone mentions Vikings or Norse mythology, I kind of turn off. But that doesn't mean that this is a bad game. Like... That's that's my personal bias. Yeah. Well, so uh, there's going to be spoilers, and it's a six-year-old game, so I don't think it really matters that much. But, uh, like, the first two bosses you face are Soot and uh, Ravana, I think it is. And uh, they're, like, it's the god of fire and the god of illusion. And then uh, later on you face uh, Garm, who is, like, the guardian of hell. Like Hella's dog. Interestingly, though, I think it's I think Garm is like the evil version of Fenrir, who is supposedly a good dog. But in their game, when I killed Garm, it gave me an achievement for killing Fenrir, and I was like, mm, "That's a bit strange. Maybe it's a bug, All right? Or maybe they they missed a thing." Um, and then you see Hella at the end, but you don't actually face her. It's like kind of a big fight against lots of mobs, and then after a while, you realize, "Oh, I'm supposed to just die." And then it ends the game. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to just die. Uh, there, there's a lot of themes in. Well, there's there's a major theme in Hellblade, right? Yeah, it, psychosis. For, psychosis. Um, yeah. So most of the game, you have. I think there's only like a few sections of maybe five minutes where you don't hear voices, and it's like all of Sunua's voices. So she has multiple different voices going on in her head, pretty much for the entire game. Oh, uh, okay. Which is. It's great that it's only a seven-hour game <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I played a game that was similar to that. Uh, it's called Chorus. You, pl- It's a sci-fi one where you fight, a, uh, you fly a, a spaceship, but 
you have this kind of mental connection with your ship, but you have multiple voices speaking in your head constantly. And as much as um, it's a cool concept, after a while, you kind of want to turn it off. Yeah. But not to say that Hellblade is bad. No, I I think the biggest part that drew me in was the first enemy I faced, which actually took a considerable amount of time to find any enemies because the first, I want to say it was probably 20 minutes to half an hour of the game was exploring who you are and like hearing backstory as you're walking towards a thing that turns out to be the gates of hell. Yeah, the first thing that drew me in was that like had the controls were fairly simple. Um, so it was right button to block and parry. Um, X was light hit. Y was heavy hit. Um, I don't even know. I think A was interact and then you run and left button was run. And that was about the extent of how complicated the, the combat was. But uh, it's supposed to be a Souls-like, I'm pretty sure. But the first enemy that came up to me, like, swung at me. It was super easy to read. Like, I parried it. I was like, oh, I just parried the first hit that came at me, which I'm not a parrier in games normally. I usually suck at parrying. And so that made me feel super godlike at the game because then every fight from then, it was like I, I only died once in the whole game to getting hit by something. There are multiple times I died to different elements of the game, which were annoying. But, yeah, it was... Um, I don't what, know. The game what just made the, you feel powerful. What were the annoying elements? Oh, there's uh, so when you're in hell uh, and you've seen Garm for the first time, his sort of uh, his ability was it was a pre-boss fight ability. Um, if you're in the darkness without a torch, um, you start getting like your screen starts sort of strobing red, and if you're out of the darkness for more than ten seconds, uh, you die. Right. Okay. Or you give in to psychosis, or something i don't know what the actual explanation was but you restart from where you last were okay fair enough Uh, i died to that a few times because i didn't realize that the puzzle i was doing had a different way to complete it and so i was trying to make a run through this section that was impossible for me to get through in 10 seconds and kept dying yeah not bad yeah it's a it's it's a puzzle boss it's yeah. uh you you're not using any any of your combat mechanics it's it's you just need to figure out the puzzle of it which isn't bad. Yeah. I've never no, thought puzzles, of it. Yeah, go on. Oh, the puzzles were cool. Like I, I enjoyed the puzzles and I wasn't expecting it to be a puzzle game, but then I was like, oh, most of this game is puzzles with a few combat elements. Yeah, I do think that sometimes it gets mis, uh, mistagged as being Souls-like. I've always, uh, I, I haven't played it, but I always saw the trailers and the gameplay of it and thought... This is more about a narrative experience than it is about being like Dark Souls or yep. that kind of game. Yeah, it was a narrative puzzle game with some difficult bosses. But the, well, I say difficult. They weren't actually difficult, but some people would find those fights difficult. Yeah, fair enough. Well, for me this week, uh, speaking of Souls likes, I continued my journey in Elden Ring. So every weekend nice. I'll play and maybe I'll fight two bosses or I'll complete a quest. I actually felt pretty good because usually I'm not playing. I, I feel like I need to give some reference for this. I don't yeah. play Elden Ring on stream because I don't like people telling me how to play it. I don't look up any guides and I very particularly want to play the game my way. And that is with no shields. I want to be... Uh, not 
really low level, but I never really want to level to a point where I trivialize any of the experience. I want it to feel difficult the whole way through. Um, and for me, that's more of a a role-playing element that I like to do, and people don't tend to understand that when they're online. So yep. I'll be playing and someone will be like, oh yeah, so if you if you go over here, you can upgrade your weapon and it'll be easy. And I didn't want to know that. So I play this one casually by myself. I find Elden Ring very relaxing because of the open world elements. Like as yeah. soon as you realize all the fights in the open world are optional because your horse runs at the speed of light, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty relaxing. Yeah, I love it's a great game. Uh, I can honestly say I think I hit level 160 and maybe it was just the build I was using. I don't know, but I never felt like any of the fights were trivialized. Yeah. No, that's that's good. And I'm not saying like if you want to trivialize it and that's that's how you want to play the game, then there's no right way, right or wrong way to do it. I just enjoy the experience of finding things for myself. Uh, yeah, so I haven't looked up any guides or anything like that, which means that I've ended up with some dead NPCs probably or some yeah. missing quests somewhere, but that'll be my story. That's the story of my character. He looks like a B-grade anime villain from Claymore. <laughs> like he's got this metal mask. I don't know if you know it. It's it's this metal mask with a um, kind of look like a Bible character. I'm pretty sure you and I watched Claymore together. Oh yeah, true. Anyways, so, I look I like I an I look like an anime villain, and I'm running around with two giant scimitars. That's cool. That's yeah. the sort of build that I wanted to do, but ended up going magic instead. Yeah, magic's fun too. Magic's really fun in Elden Ring. I was watching a stream yeah. of someone playing Dark Souls, and Ed, there was a reason people didn't really use magic all that much in Dark Souls. It was hard because the cast times were uh, much longer, and the number of casts you got per spell weren't weren't great. Yeah. It was definitely harder to find openings. I think in Elden Ring, it's a bit easier. Yeah. Uh, early, I want to say early game and late game magic were pretty good. Mid game, it sort of felt like everything was leveling up faster than me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you, Is there a particular boss that gave you trouble? <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name now. Um, he's one of the bosses that everyone loves. I would like it started with an M, but so many of the bosses started with an M. Margaret. No, it was um, it was a. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you, man. Yeah, true. Don't yeah, don't say anymore. Just say. I'm pretty sure you haven't made it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So it's yeah, it's further than I am. But what I so, anyways, the reason I was telling you all this is because. Every now and again, I have to do a sweep of the map and talk to every NPC to figure out if anything's changed. Like anytime I do something that I think is a major event, I need to go and talk to everyone to find out if this was the trigger for them to <laughs> to talk to me. And I did it. And I got somewhere in an NPC quest. Um, nice. So, yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, I wish I'd done that a little bit more. I kind of just... Uh... <laughs> I didn't pay attention to it. I'm I'm sure I finished the game and missed so many things because I didn't go back and check all of the NPCs. Uh, it was my first Souls game as well. 
So yeah, I didn't really think about that stuff. I think that's normal though. It's normal if you're not, uh, if you're not trying to ride the wave. So anytime yeah. a game releases, there's this wave of people that are trying to beat it as quickly as possible, learn as much as possible. And a part of that is content creators, but they're trying to get as much out of it as possible, as quickly as possible. And in that's the only way to really do that. But if yeah. you play the game, let's say, just by yourself, there's a very good chance you're not going to get everything. I think that's fine, personally. But if you wanted to, I think the, the best way, like the best middle ground, is just to have a couple of people that um, you play and you discuss the game with. Yeah. And then you get a pretty good idea of what you missed and what you didn't miss, but it's not, you don't get everything, if that makes sense. Unless you want everything. Yeah. I I like playing without knowing everything, but I also... I will only look something up if I'm really frustrated that I can't solve it myself. There are some things definitely in Souls games that are like that. I'm yeah, thinking like of the, the bed of chaos in, in Dark Souls 1 for sure. Oh, I haven't played any of the Souls games before Elden Ring. You know how we were just talking about puzzle bosses? Yeah. The bed of chaos is the exact definition of that. You have to do A, then B, and then C happens and if you don't if you don't respond exactly correctly to C, you lose. But if you respond correctly, right. you win the game. You win the the is, boss fight. Is it, losing dying? It, yes, but it's very much a pass fail mechanic. It's not to do with you fighting the boss. Oh uh, right, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think as someone who came into Elden Ring as the first game that I would enjoy. Okay. I mean, you kind of know me better than most people anyway, when it comes to gaming, do you think I would enjoy playing the older souls games now? Or do you think Elden Rings probably ruined them for me? Yes. I've seen you naked. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think as long as you can enjoy the game without the open world, Okay. Some some of the the parts of of Souls games feel open, but they're they're Metroidvania. So okay. imagine if the whole game is like Stormvale Castle. Like there's different environments, but they all work like Stormvale Castle, where you have a way to go. There might be four or five branching paths, and some of them loop back on each other. And there, but there is. One so end goal. kind of dungeons? Y yes. Okay. Some of them you just travel through. Some of them are branching paths. Some of them are, are, are linear in nature. But I guess the game is more like a star formation than a, than a, a big giant circle. You can run off in many different directions, but they are all linear paths to within those areas. Okay. If that makes sense. Did you sense. play Demon Souls? I did. That one is a hub world. So you have your hub in the middle and then you can basically travel to any of the the levels, the different environments from there. But those are, so it's like you're in your hub and then you travel to the lava environment or you travel to the windswept island 
environment right. or you travel to the castle environment. They're their own levels. Okay. I think I have the um the remastered or remade, whatever it is, uh version either on my PC or my PS5. It's definitely I was thinking about you, playing it. I mean, if you have it, then it's worth giving it a try. It, I'm interested okay. to to see how much like if you play it, how much do you see Oh yeah, that's like that's that thing from Elden Ring. Because I find that with Souls games is there's a lot of DNA shared between each game and you can see yeah, it evolve okay. over time. So you'll have the foreknowledge like uh you know the the tree demons in in Elden Ring, they're not called tree yep. demons. But no, I know what you mean. The earth tree um Yeah. things. Yeah, they're in every Souls game. Oh, okay. They're, they almost look exactly the same too. Right. Yeah. But there's like many tropes that you'll you'll see. Anyways, oh. the the other game that I played over the week, I got a little bit uh <laughs> I got a little bit pulley with Nikkei Goddess of Victory. And I got a lot of characters. I felt really good about it. Uh again. This is a game that no one will believe me. It's it, no one will believe me when I say it's good, but I really enjoy the story. I actually just go in, I listen to the music, and when I start playing the campaign, it's really difficult for me to stop. I think partially because again, I think the people that I think someone that wrote the story for Nikkei also likes Claymore because there are th- certain things mm-hmm. that happen in there. <laughs> That I kind of like Claymore. Kind of like other animes as well. I mean, it has its yeah, silly okay. moments because it is a it is a harem anime. Like it it is what it is. But it's also has in comparison to the other Gacha games, it has far more serious moments as well. Right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think is I, the campaign like nodes that you have to battle, and then like how does the campaign work in Nikkei? Um, so you have an you have an overall map, and you take your squad through the map, and if you run into an enemy, then it starts an encounter, and the anime girl shouts encounter, and then uh, it <laughs> starts, and right. then it becomes like time crisis with your oh, your five okay. characters. Yeah, so your characters have abilities. I I said it's a really deep game, but the most recent one I got was. An anime girl in a bikini with a, a water gun. Nice. <laughs> it's super deep. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is. It is. It's just, it has those things as well. Um, yeah. So, it, you know how our time crisis works, right? You have a button the, to make uh, your squad. You So, you have a button to make your squad hide behind cover. You yeah. have your buttons to change which character you're using so you have the the choice between bazookas um machine guns automatic rifles smgs shotguns and whatnot and boomer yeah those are powerful too and you you shoot the enemies until they're dead it's very simple but very satisfying yeah it sounds simple and satisfying yeah that's it that's that's pretty much my week because other than that i got I got the bug to start sketching again, so I've been sketching. Oh, nice! Yeah. Okay. Um, because I was I was cleaning out one of the rooms in our house, and I found my old sketchbook, and I was like, you know what? 
these sketches ain't bad. And then I got a sketchbook and I found out, hmm, I'm a bit rusty, but you got to, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll get better over time. Coincidentally, I also, when was it? I think uh, Thursday night, came home and was like, I just want to draw. And I watched JoJo's and was going to start drawing, but I couldn't find my Apple Pencil because I was going to do it on iPad. But uh, I didn't draw, but I had the same feeling. Yeah, you should draw JoJo characters. Well, that's what I was going to do. I was like, I could draw some JoJo characters, but then I didn't because I couldn't. Who would you draw first? Oh, Joseph, for sure. Joseph, Joestar. <laughs> I started watching Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which is a story right. of, think, feudal Japan, but steampunk, and everyone is on a train, and the world is being destroyed by zombies, but the zombies have hardened cases around their hearts, so you have to use high-pressure steam weapons to destroy the heart. Right. Yeah. It's fun. No killing them just by lopping their heads off. Strange. So when you f- watch the fight animation, the fight animations in this, they're gorgeous. They're they're so good. But yes, sometimes they just cut the heads off and they die. And then I'm like, why don't they do that more? <laughs> so I don't understand. Maybe there there's yeah. there's a reason that I'm going to find out later. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm keen though. I have a really big list of anime here. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all of them. And then we'll all realize together that the names of anime in English are pretty weird. So Beyond the Boundary, Spare Me Great Lord, uh Tact Up Destiny, High Card, Grimgar, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, that's the one I started. Land of Lustorius. Land of Lustorus. <laughs> no, it, it's not what it sounds like. It's not. Yeah, Dude, Nick, yeah, sure. Nikke would okay, make. Pez. <laughs> Nikke, Nikke would make a, a great anime. I don't. I, yeah, okay. Blast of Tempest, <laughs> Geno Cipher, Hell's Parade. Uh, no, Hell's Paradise, Dead Mount Death Play. <laughs> what? Dororo, Monogatari. <laughs> Hekai Sensen. Oh. I mean, I'm also butchering these names. Helsing Ultimate, Token Ranbu, God Eater, Epic Seven, and Heavenly Delusion. Yeah. Wow. Heavenly Delusion accurately describes my ability to in uh to win in video games. <laughs> oh, did you ever play Heavenly Sword? Yes, that was a great game. I loved that. It was made by the same team behind Sunua. Oh, now I feel shit because I would. Heavenly Sword is so much more appealing to me. What? Fair enough. I, I never actually played Heavenly Sword, but when you said um, Heavenly Delusion, uh, I, it reminded me of it. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if he knew this. It's actually really underrated, Heavenly Sword. I'm so what sad. What sort of game was it? It's kind of more like the older God of Wars. Okay. So the reason why it's not well known is it was PS3 exclusive and it released near the beginning of the PS3 life. So not yeah, okay. a, a ton of people played it. But it was very ambitious. It probably was overshadowed by God of War 
3 later on. There were a lot of that kind of game. But very good story, a very interesting concepts in it. It had you know Smeagol from Lord of the Rings? Yeah. He's the bad guy. As in actual Smeagol or, or you the, you the mean actor. actor, right? Andy yeah. Circus. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And it's uncanny like his face it's just it's crazy once you see it it's hard to it's hard to unsee it but now i think the main character is called narika uh, she is an amazing like if you're looking for a strong female character she is my go-to choice she wow. she's one of the best characters that i've uh, f- best female characters that i've um played as in a in a video game this isn't um, the same Narika that's in Blade Point, right? I don't think so. Interesting. I don't know. That they have the same name. Well, let me hold on. Give me one second. Oh, it's Naraka in Blade Point. Yeah, so the character in Heavenly Sword is Narika, and you're thinking of Naraka Blade Point, the uh, yep. the battle royale. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was a battle royale. I was. Uh, yeah, I haven't I- actually played it. I own it, but try playing it in Australia. It sucks. I, I really want to yeah. play it because it's the closest thing that I've seen to Fury. Right. Because it's third person. You have action abilities. You're, okay. uh, you have Eastern martial arts inspired moves, kind of like Fury. The only difference is that it's a battle royale. You're selling me on a game I can't play. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. But if we both have it and we can't play it, we're one step closer to having a game we can play, <laughs> and that's what matters. Hey, look the the community behind Gundam really pushed hard to get Australian service, so maybe we just need to get a community behind Australian service for Naraka. They still don't have servers for Australia in Gundam Evolution. Yeah, I know, but there's a community behind it. I have to fly to Singapore every time I want to play it. It's annoying. True. So what else did you play this week? You got Nikkei or Nikkei. Is it Nikkei? Uh, It's Nikkei Goddess of Victory is the full name. Okay. (laughs) Don't disrespect my game of the year. I'm I'm serious. I am serious. No, not about the game of the year part. I am serious (laughs) about- Do not disrespect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as he tips his fedora <laughs> i do a game of the year awards on on my twitch channel every year yeah i wonder how people react if i give nikkei goddess of victory best narrative award i think people will um, lose their minds i the music in it is amazing it might win that i'm not sure yet though because atomic heart wow. came out this year true but Big. And true. Let's uh let's move on to the actual topic. The the thing that actually matters about tonight. Is gaming dying? What are your Ooh. thoughts on it? I I can see how I mean, it's a very complex question because it's a very open question and there are so many answers. I think if you're talking about are less people gaming now than they were five years ago, I I wouldn't say so. I would say either the same or more people are gaming. But 
the gaming industry as a whole. I had this internal, not internal, I had this, I guess, realization or revelation, whatever you want to call it, that we're just older now and we're more aware and there's internet and people reporting on stuff constantly. Like we used to get all of our information on gaming from magazines that came out once a week or once a month. And now we have all of that information daily with multiple websites putting out daily articles on everything. Like any little change that happens, we're like, oh, yeah, that's bad. But yeah, I think you do find part of. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You no, do. You, say? you do find that uh, bad news is the best kind of news to report on. Like yeah. it, it's it's profitable, whereas reporting good news is much less profitable. Yeah, exactly. And so I think if somebody was looking to make a case that gaming was dying, they don't have to look far to get a bunch of articles to support that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that. So your personal take is that it's not dying. No, is I it, mean... Uh, is it dying for you personally? Spiritually? No. I'm still... I'm discovering games that came out six or seven years ago and enjoying them. Mentally. <laughs> I think... Physically. I definitely... <laughs> sexually. <laughs> I definitely don't think about games. I, okay. Games haven't consumed my life quite as much as they did 10 years ago, but it's still pretty close. Yeah. Like yeah. Now, if I had to go out and play golf at night on a fully lit golf course, I would do that instead of playing a game. But I don't have that option every night. Yeah, fair enough. I think if you asked me this question in, say, 2018 or around that time, I would agree with the Doomer take that gaming is dying. Yeah. Like, I think everyone can relate to this. Uh, Tell me if you've experienced this. You open up your Steam library or your PS4 or your Xbox or whatever, and you look at the games, you scroll to the top of the list, you scroll to the bottom of the list, you scroll to the top of the list. You do this for like 10 minutes. Then you open up a YouTube video and you just spend the night watching, going down a YouTube rabbit hole. And then your, your night's yeah. gone. Like you had the intention of it, but you don't. And it so when it was that time of my life in, say, 2018, nothing really moved me to want to play games. And yeah. And that time, I really felt like I had outgrown gaming or gaming had outgrown me. I'm not sure which one it was, but Mm. things would change for me when we got to... Things changed for everyone when COVID came. COVID lockdown did a lot of things, but it also helped me get back into gaming. Because, you know, you have so much time indoors... I was yeah. feeling nostalgic to play some Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun because I wanted to watch the live action cutscenes. There's nothing more hot than a bald uh, cult terrorist proclaiming dominion over the world. Uh, <laughs> like well, I freaking love Nod. <laughs> I'm one of those things. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I decided to test myself. I was like, have I outgrown gaming or is that modern gaming sucks? So I tried playing. What was your finding? 
I played a lot of Tiberian Sun that day. I had so much freaking fun. I don't think that it's Tiberian that Tiberian Sun was a perfect game. It's janky, like the pathfinding isn't quite right. It was it was great for the time, but you try and play it now, you you can see it instantly. We've we've come a long way. It was hard to get it to run in modern resolutions as well. But there was a quality to it that I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But if I had to put words to it, I think very simply Come on and conquer Tiberian Sun is just a video game and simply a video game. Because as you grow older, you get the sense for detecting business and agendas in video games. Maybe yeah. you might not think about it, but I think you pick up on it subconsciously, at least. And when it's not there, it's really disarming. I think the most recent example for this was Elden Ring. I think. Lots of people had that experience, that exact same experience when they played Elden Ring. And there was no, there, there, there are no um, cash shops. There, there are no times where you go into the game and you think to yourself, this is here as an artificial barrier to make me want to buy something or to make me dependent on this company. Yep. It was, you, agree. You, you bought the game. And you had the entirety of the game. And everything that was in it, you could tell was lovingly crafted and by people that were passionate about creating the world. In it. I can give you an example in Tiberian Sun. Because there's things in it that are so cool and they have nothing to do with the actual gameplay. So in Tiberian Sun, you harvest a substance called Tiberium. It's this green, these green crystals that come out of the ground. Now, mm. Tiberium is poisonous. So what happens when you put your infantry on Tiberium? They get poisoned. They get poisoned, yeah. They start losing health and they'll eventually die. You know what else, though? If you leave them there and they die there, they can come back as mutants. They become these, these blobs that will attack anything that, that comes nearby. Nice. Yeah. And then you know how I was talking about the bold terrorists, terrorist guys, the yeah. bad guys of the game, the, the Brotherhood of Nod? Yeah. It sounds like a cult. So what are the what does their barracks look like? It's literally the shape of a hand digging its fingers into the ground. And the people walk out between the, the thumb and the index finger. It looks so badass. It, in fact, when it builds, the hand comes out of the ground and then claws onto it. It's such a cool detail. Now, they have a unit called Cyborgs. They're Cyborgs. And they use Tiberium <laughs> technology. So what happens to them when you put them on Tiberium? They heal. They become, oh. Yeah. Healed. They heal. That's what, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's totally what, what, what were you going to say? In, healed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if they get get below, like if they get low health, you they lose their the bottom half of them, and they start crawling around on the ground like the the Terminator. You know the scene from Terminator right. where he's crawling yeah. around on the ground. They all start doing that when they get low health. These are like right. really awesome details that almost have nothing to do with the business end of making the game. It doesn't even really affect 
the the moment to moment gameplay it's there are just details and special interactions that are put in there to make you um immersed in that world and that's what i liked about it now i realized that it's not a case of old games good new games bad like we already touched on it elden ring is very much that game for a lot of people but Tardarian Sun was the moment that I had my epiphany, my my revelation, my yeah, my moment where I was like, ah, actually, it's not just me getting older. It is also me getting older. Things that yeah. used to interest me, I'm not so interested anymore. Yeah, like remember, this yeah, go part on. Part of growing up or getting older. Yeah, yeah. Like one thing I found is that. I'm far less tolerant of games wasting my time. I know that a lot of yeah. content creators use that as a, as a, uh, <laughs> oh, this game doesn't respect my time sort of thing. But yeah. if a game isn't interesting in the first two hours, most most people, you got to remember that most gamers are thirty. That is the yeah. demographic. Most gamers only have two hours a night. If a game is not interesting in the first two hours, it's usually not worth my time. Yeah. I came close to not playing The Outer Worlds. I actually played The Outer Worlds when it first came out and just started playing it again this week. And the first time I fired it up, I was like, do I really want to slog through this again? Because I I feel like I remember it being a slog. Playing it again, I was just like, this is actually a good game. I'm enjoying this. So I've also been playing that this week. On your point before about games not having an agenda, not having microtransactions, I know because I read about it before I played it that Sanua's has the the big like focus on psychosis and mental health. But playing the game, I never felt like it was like, oh yeah, here's the mental health stuff being shoved in my face again. Like it was just actually a very fluid story. That was being told well and didn't feel like there was any other aspect to it other than, wow, this team put in a lot of effort to making a story that was able to be told really well and play smoothly. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Uh, when I when I say agendas, it's fine if a game is has a political stance or is trying to tell you something that is important in the real world. It's all about how it's delivered. So Hellblade is an example of one that's delivered well. One of my favorite games is Metal Gear Sons of Liberty. That's a highly political game. It goes into a ton of detail into, you know, how we perceive information, what our relevance will be in the future. But it's told in a way that makes it, it... The best way to do it, I think, is that most of these games that do it well ask it a, they they pose it as a question rather than yeah. this this thing bad this thing good and because when when people do that they often keep constantly saying this thing bad this thing bad this thing bad this thing bad this thing good this thing good this thing good this thing good and it it sounds like that yeah when you're playing it i think we can contrast there are benefits of how game dev used to be 
back in the day. But there are also major benefits of what's happening today. So I said that in 2018, if you asked me, is gaming dying? I would have said yes. But I think that since playing Tiberian Sun, going down that route of self-discovery, so to speak, I wanted to find more games that I did enjoy rather than rather than going rather than than living in the nostalgia box i wanted to try and find new games that i did like and i did find them i do think that a lot of this a lot of the times people that feel like there are no good new games are only looking at the triple a games but they forget that yeah back in the day you didn't play all triple a games you like i went to the store and if I thought that the cover art and the pictures on the back were cool, I'd buy the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd either like it or I didn't. A lot of those were double. I didn't even know a- what a triple A game was. Well, it didn't exist. It's a it's a newer term. And like, how do you define that? How would you define a triple A game? A uh, big studio made it. I think back then, though, gaming was so small as a hobby. What's a big studio? Yeah. Like even Blizzard was True. small at some point. Now you you definitely have those distinctions. And I think a lot of it is in the marketing budget. To be honest, like you can look it up. The marketing budget often dwarfs the development costs of a game. So what does that tell you? It tells you yeah, that's crazy. It tells you that selling the game is more important than making a good game. Yeah. But that's not to say that all new games are bad. Like I said, Elden Ring. So that's a that's a negative. I do think that if we're looking at older games, one thing that you can say that's good for them is that a lot more of them are passion projects because the devs weren't being paid. Like yeah. as as bad as that that sounds, it's kind of true. Like they were only in it because they wanted to be in it. There was no clout for them. They just loved their thing. Uh some guy wanted to make tanks with two turrets. Or, or, or two barrels on the turret. And um, that's what he did. He made a mammoth tank in Command and Conquer. Some person wanted to... Had the idea to make... Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Although they're, they're, that's just copying Mario. Okay, yeah, yeah well, okay, Mario. Well, sort of. Mario. Who, who thought of some Japanese guy would come up with the idea to make an Italian plumber... That runs around jumping on mushrooms. Jumping on mushrooms, jumping on bad guys, going down pipes. So many... To rescue a princess from a dragon. That's actually a turtle. And she's always in a different castle. She's always in a different damn castle. I think that was... I think that was toxic business practices back then. That she was in a different castle each time. Uh, He was like, gotcha. Yeah. So... You did have that that well of creativity, but you also had a lot less people making games. So on the other end of the spectrum, what do we have? We have way better tools to make games. There are far more people that are able to get into the industry, and the tools for making games are way better. Also, technology is better. It's easier to make things for more platforms. And it is easier to realize your creativity. Like it's easier to 
realize what you imagined than it was back back in you know compared to the 8-bit era yeah so you do have those distinctions i think if you look at it from that point of view there are there are also a lot more games now than there used to be every week there are games coming out you might not be aware of them but they're there it's just harder to find them i think because you know you could go to the store back in the day and you would look at every PlayStation 2 game, every PlayStation 1 game, just about, because you only really had the store to look at. Yep. And uh, you made your selection from what was there. So you had much less choice. Now you have so much choice, you probably can't find what you're looking for. And that's a great problem to have, I think. If you're looking at things yeah. positively. I feel like I still go to the the game section in the big department stores out of habit. Dude, like I if s- I walk into one, the first thing I do is beeline for the tech section and be like, oh, any good games here? My wife went clothes shopping this weekend and <laughs> I checked EB Games. I checked JB Hi-Fi. I checked Big W and I checked Kmart. She still wasn't finished. But yeah, like I do that too. I look through even, I'm not even buying anything. I'm just looking at the covers so I can be like, oh, that's cool. I'll take a mental note and I'll check that out later. Yeah. I'm like most of the games that I know I'm going to want to play, I've already looked at online. I've already seen trailers. I've already seen like probably some of the gameplay, even if it's like the, you know, trailer gameplay but i still go to the store and i'm like oh yeah that game i so i just want to hold it in my hands <laughs> hey how do you feel about game trailers now i'm far more suspicious of them than i used to be yeah there's definitely even when something says actual gameplay recorded in-game footage i'm like eh, it might be actual gameplay as it stood when you were making the trailer doesn't mean it's going to be the actual gameplay when the game's released. Yeah, everyone was hurt by Watch Dogs. No, yeah. I, I do think that there were a lot of misleading trailers back in the day. I think also interesting you bring up Watch Dogs because I know that was a that was a big thing was people were like, "This isn't the game I thought it was." Watch Dogs Two, I really enjoyed. I got quite far in Watch Dogs Two. It's still installed on my PC. <laughs> I haven't deleted it because i'm always like i'll come back to that one day and it's usually my when i'm done scrolling through game pass or uh, ps plus to see if there's a game i want to play and there's not i'll usually go back and play Watch Dogs for a few hours okay yeah it's your um it's the hooker down the road when everyone lets you down yeah exactly yeah that used to be wow for me but i don't think i'll go back to wow now wow is a is a great segue do you remember you would watch CGI's for MMOs? Like you would watch the CGI trailer and that's what you would use to determine whether you were buying the game or not. You wouldn't even yeah. see gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> MMOs they were just hype trailers. Yeah. MMOs just sold off of hype trailers. Yeah. That's actually a, a good thing to to touch on. I think that a lot of people that feel like gaming are is dying are particularly in the MMO camp as well yeah that's fair because if you think about 
how people feel about WoW. WoW is not as big as it used to be. Well, I think numerically it might be pretty big. No, it's it's not as big as uh, as it was at its peak, but it's not doing poorly. The people feel far less connected in it, and yes, people really look fondly on the 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 glory days. I hear this tons, man. I hear this so much from Josh at work about uh, MMOs being a, a more social experience, and now it's much more of a solo player experience. And that's true. Like a lot of people have changed what they want in in want what a lot of people have changed how they feel about online games over the years. Yeah. I think uh, we're all the same or a similar age anyway. Um, I think that has a big part of it as well because we try and find, well, I personally try and find a guild or a faction or whatever when I'm playing a game with people who are around my age. And so you either have the ones who are our age and don't have a wife or kids and can play as much as they want, spend as much as they want on the game. Or you find other people that can't play it as much as you and you end up not doing things as often as you would like in game. I still feel like when it comes to like a game like WoW, for instance, like there are going to be guilds that are all mostly like younger kids who can just farm nonstop and play. And those people are going to go into that game and have a great time because there's always someone around. Like, there was a kid in my guild who would be on like 12 hours a day. There was also a guy my age in the guild who would be on around 12 hours a day, but he was on welfare and just smoked pot all day. And so he didn't feel like he cared because he had no sense of responsibility. And Hell so yeah, brother. All day. He's living yeah, the dream. He was. Like, he was. <laughs> but he, uh, like those sort of people would still play a game like WoW and go, Ah, oh, this game is so alive and the community is so active because they would find the people like them who are on there all the time and make friends yeah. with those people. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true in Final Fantasy fourteen as well. Is one of the reasons why I stopped playing it, it was was that I couldn't keep up with everyone else. And so like yeah. you log in after work. Oh, anyone want to do the dungeon? No, we've already done the dungeon. Well, what's the yep. point? Uh, I can play. Sadly, that's what got me out of where. I can play. I can play an action game with way better uh, combat. I can play yeah. a narrative game with probably a better story. The, the story in Final Fantasy fourteen is fantastic, but you know, like I can play. Uh, if I wanted better cinematics, I can find them. If I want to find better combat, I can find it. MMOs are not great games in any one div- individual area. Their whole yeah. thing was that they brought gamers together. I think you can never really... So this is this is my opinion on it. I don't think you'll ever get another wow moment. I think it's already happened, actually. I think there are moments like it, but not in MMOs. I don't think you'll ever have that again in an MMO. Yeah. Because what wow did was it brought gamers together there wasn't a forum for gamers to to congregate and play together as easily as there is now. If you wanted to do yeah. that, WoW was the only way to do it. And it was the best one at it at the time. So it was it was the first MMO 
to do it really well and it got a lot of people into it. Yeah. However, the internet is pretty good now. The, it's way easier to connect with other gamers. You don't need to use in-game VoIP or TeamSpeak. You have Discord. You don't need to post about your gaming stuff in a chat on WoW because you can post it on Twitter. You don't yep. need to... Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you that you could only do. It was it was a way for gamers to really connect, but it's so easy to connect now that it's no longer novel. It's yeah. no longer a, a cool experience. It's not like going to a convention or something like that. Yeah, I like talking about WoW again. I'm like, oh, it, it it's so funny, like having so many years of playing it and having the good memories and you just saying all these things and like having the wow moment, I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should subscribe again. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's, playing it's final fantasies, crazy. playing final fantasy 16. I was thinking it too. It's like, maybe I should subscribe to final fantasy 14 again. See what's going on. See what's, see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I will. Yeah. Because no, I think it's all nostalgia. Yeah. But the thing is, I think that there have been moments like it. I just don't think it's going to be MMOs anymore. I think yeah. that that idea has um, ended it in usefulness, so to speak. Yeah. I don't think that there won't ever be other MMOs. But look at the MMOs that have come out now. Lost Ark has proven that you can do action combat. Tower of Fantasy has proven that you can make a gacha into an MMO. Whatever you feel about that, it has proven that in yep. concept, right? Like, it, it's a trash business model. People hate it. It has a bad reputation, but it has proven that that's possible. Yep. So Diablo 4, for example, is a shared world game. The line between an MMO and a... Sh what's, what's the difference? You tell me. What do you think is the difference between a shared world game and an MMO? Oh, the point of an MMO is to get together and work together for a common uh, objective. A shared world MMO, I'd say, is you can play and know that your friends are online, but you're not necessarily doing the same thing together. Right. So is Destiny 2 an MMO? Because there's raids in that. Uh, I think people want to I, say no. People want to say no. I, I think uh, it, by definition, I think it is an MMO. There's a lot of people online yeah. playing multiplayer. I mean, the, there um, is the term MMO light. Mm. But I think the, the concept of a normal MMO is kind of... Um, the the line so between like, a shared world and an MMO is becoming less and less and less. Like how long until you think how long do you think it will be? I'm gonna okay, let's just put on our tinfoil hats for a moment here. How long will it be, do you think, before we play a Souls game that has basically all the functions of an MMO? I think Elden Ring came close with the It color. does it does come close, doesn't it? The only difference is you can't see those characters running around in your world, although you can as ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it actually would have been pretty cool. I would I would really enjoy an Elden Ring slash Souls MMO. Yeah. I mean, uh, Elder Scrolls Online is, it's like, it plays, it plays like bad Skyrim, but but it's getting closer, right? And so like uh, on both ends, MMOs are becoming more like shared world games and shared world games are becoming more like MMOs. So like, there's this point where I don't think it's very distinguishable which one is which because mmos are often now focusing more on solo content because they know that if there isn't good solo content people leave because they they they're not going to stick around yeah and they're catering to the people who don't have time yeah exactly to do a five-hour raid in one night yeah which are honestly the majority of gamers they don't have that time yeah. You've got to imagine also that those people, even if they do have time, they also have other things that they need to do. Like they have families and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, my tinfoil hat, my tinfoil hat thing is that MMOs will, as we know them, will disappear and they just, all the functionality of MMOs blends into live service games. Yeah. I, for better or for I worse. I have a problem. Yeah. I'm like, a shared world game with the option to join somebody and do the same thing would be ideal for me. Like, if you were playing a shared, uh, say, Elden Ring on stream and you were like, oh, hey, guys, I want to try and kill this boss. Need five people. I mean, it's pretty much what WoW streamers do. But I would be like, oh, 100%, I'm going to go turn on my PS5 and... um play with you or pc whatever you're playing on yeah i guess um is that different to an mmo i think it's different in that you're not always persistent in that world yeah i think uh, if I you think were it's always different persistent, in that it's optional yeah like well an mmo you're you can't really do solo boss runs or solo raids yeah that's whereas true. A, a shared world game you could do it solo but you could also do it with a friend Oh, you can't do um world. Okay, you can do world bosses in Diablo Four by yourself, but they probably don't want you to be able to. <laughs> yeah, that's just gamers figuring out the game. Yeah, what do you think about the um min max meta? Min max, uh, min maxing in in any video game or? Yeah, I think that we as gamers have min max the extraction of content from games. And I think on an individual level, it, hurt, it it hurts a lot of people. Not everyone, but it does hurt some things. So if we're mm. talking about MMOs, why do new people don't join? Why, why do new people avoid raids? It's because it's too hard for them and the people that could take them through it don't want to because they're garbage. Yeah. So you don't get new people in. Uh, um, I think, you know, let's look at uh, how Final Fantasy works. Doing logs in Final Fantasy is not what it's technically against the, the terms of service, but everyone does it. Right. If you are focused on your logs, your log performance 
it can often mean that you might wipe the raid because you're focusing on your your DPS and stuff like that, rather than focusing on just beating the boss. I think it, you have to be able to distinguish which is more important. Do you just beat the raid or are you going to take seven other people or however many people there are on a joyride while you try and figure out your max DPS? So I think it's incredibly selfish. Yeah. Um, unless everyone else is on board with that idea and yes. they're also trying to do that. I agree. And but that's usually the sort of guild I join is a min-max guild. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I'm the sort of person who's like, I want to know that I can, and I, I'm fairly sure you are as well. You want to know that you're doing the best you can do with the gear you've got. Um, No, not really. Oh, okay. No, I, I'd rather get through the content to see more content. So if yes, the, if true. But if, if, if the content's locked behind you beating something difficult, you want to know that. I want to be able to beat the content. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll improve. I'll improve to the point that the game requires me to, to allow me to see the next thing. Yeah. If I'm enjoying the game. Okay. Yeah. But if we're talking about min maxing in like a single player game, like what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Maybe if you're into competitive multiplayers, then it's it's a good thing. I find the so the min maxing that I see a lot is how we extract content. So yeah. I, like I said before, Elden Ring releases. There's this huge race for people to try and get as much content out of it, as much um, information out of it. But maybe that's because I'm looking at a bunch of content creators. But yeah, you do find that people want to be part of the wave. They want to be, you know, so when you've, you, you've, you're playing Elden Ring, you can go to work and talk to your friends that are also playing Elden Ring. When you're playing yeah. Elden Ring several months after people have already beaten it, there's nothing to talk about. They don't want to talk to you because they'll spoil it, and you don't want to talk to them because they've already finished it, and you worry, yeah, you're worried that they'll spoil it. Maybe you should just tell me what you've done so far. Oh no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking. Dedicate an entire podcast to you telling me. Uh, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no, the general sense of people wanting to, you know, if a game releases, they want to finish it in a timely fashion and see yes. as much as there is to see and get everything out of. There's a very consumer uh, approach. To, I hate the word, to consuming content. I hate the words that yeah. we use for it because it's like, um, it's like going on, like, let's say you enjoy camping. No one really enjoys camping, but let's say you do enjoy camping and you really love camping. So what you do is you figure out exactly the fastest route to get to your destination and then you figure out the five essential things that you need to do to experience the best camping scenario you can think of. And then you figure out what's the quickest time I can complete these tasks so that I can say that I've done it all. Yeah. And then you do it all in five hours and come home. You, you drive out to the wilderness, you set up your tent, 
you cook th something under the barbie, you roll around in the sand, you jump in the water, and then you pack everything up and you go home. It was like, well, I completed the camping experience. I give it a 10 out of 10. It was an awesome <laughs> camping experience. I've seen everything that there is to see. Oh, yeah, you take a photo as well. I've seen everything that there is to see. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my time. Who thinks that's cool? When I don't I, think so that's like, cool. So, so if I wanted to do that, if I really enjoyed camping, what would you do? You would try and spend as much time possible soaking it in. So that's how I approach, especially large games like Elden Ring. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, like I'm not in a rush to finish it. I'll do all the side quests. Oh, I don't like the side quests, but I'll do all the side quests because I yeah. want to see everything there is to see. But I'm also not in a... It's not a race for me because yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm not saying that the people that do it fast aren't enjoying it, but I do think that that has become something that people do and they might not realize why they're doing it. They're doing, like, I think a lot of people are doing it because that's what content creators do. Yeah. But they don't realize. great flip side. Yeah. I took a long time discovering things in Tears of the Kingdom because I didn't want the game to end too fast. Yes. And I've racked up 140 hours in the game and now I'm unmotivated to finish it. Uh, I mean, that can happen too. Like, we're not, we're not, humans aren't that simple. Yeah. That's why it's such a complicated topic on whether gaming is dying. Because yes. if you're, if you are someone that was into WoW and you're realizing that there will never be another WoW moment in your life, there's no other forever game that will ever come out, then yeah, gaming is dying for you. If you yeah. are someone that just got older and you're, you've, you've grown up into doing other things, whether that be family or whatever. Yeah, maybe gaming is dying for you. If, uh, but if you're like me and you just, there's games out there, you just didn't realize, you didn't realize that you weren't looking in the right places. The gaming's quite a life. Yeah. But it's also, it's, I still open my Steam library and I'm not sure what to play. I still do that scrolling thing. Sometimes I think I, I don't know about you. A big part of that for me is that there are games I want to play that I it's not that I can't justify buying them in the sense that I know I will enjoy them and I know I'll get my money's worth. But for me personally, it's like if I buy another game right now after buying one two weeks ago, my wife will be like, why did you need another game? And why so do I'm you like, need another pair of shoes? Well, my wife's not. <laughs> there's always an. I I just find that there's always an irrational thing that people will buy. For yep. me, that's video games or it's Warhammer. It's usually not both at the same time, but yeah, it's usually for something. Me, like I want to play golf too, and so I'm always really cautious about, like, because golf is pretty much a video game. Every time I play, like I could buy. Elden Ring every time I play golf. Oh, true. It's like a hundred bucks, right? Every time. Oh, uh, say Elden Ring on special. Okay. Elden it's Ring like, on special. It, the median for the places I play at is about 60 bucks. Right. Yeah. I, 
don't necessarily have that issue, but it is a common one for a lot of people, for sure. Yeah. I have, I'm scared to start games sometimes. Interesting. Like, what I mean is, I'm, once I start it, I feel a certain amount of commitment to invest into it. And let's say it's a, it's a Dark Souls game that to me, I open that up and I look like that's at least four hours if I start it now. Yeah. Like to get any progress, I need at least four hours or, or yep. meaningful progress to me. I need a, a, a lot of time so I won't open it. And that's why I haven't okay. played Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to just get over it and I just need to jump in. Yeah. Like I, I want to play Sekiro. I need to buy it because it's not on any of the platforms I have a live service on. Yeah. I, I do own it, but I just haven't. So overall, do you think gaming is better now than it used to be? Or do you think it's it's uh, we haven't talked we haven't touched a lot on this in that business practices like you release a game now and if there are any problems you can patch it straight away that's a positive yeah. that is a positive that is really cool it used to be that if you got a game and it didn't work. Well, you better hope that there that someone posted instructions online on how to fix the DLL files or something. Yeah. <laughs> if you could do that even. Otherwise, you just got a turd of a product. Now, you can buy a turd of a product and the turd can be polished. Uh, like something like No Man's Sky could never oh, yeah. happen back in the day. Great example. Yeah. But... In saying that, it used to be that your product needed to be good enough that you pay that the buyer will want to buy it. And if it's not good enough, then it doesn't get bought. Whereas now, a game could be free with transactions. It could be that you buy it, you pre order. And you're buying a game that doesn't technically exist yet. There's pre-order bonuses. You can buy mm-hmm. a game that's a dud and then they promise to fix it later. There's so many things. There's so many ways. Oh, yeah, you can buy a game and it could be perfectly not pay to win and then become pay to win three yeah. months down the line. So there are far more ways for business practices to become invasive now. I think this yes. invasive pr- business practices existed. They would have done it in the past if they could. Now they can. So that's a negative of the whole, like, we can patch this anytime. Also, yeah. you not really owning your games. That's the thing as well. It used to be that you bought the game. You now had the right to play it anytime you wanted, as long as the operating system ran it. Now a game can discontinue, they shut down the server, your files are gone. You can never play this game ever again. Luckily, I don't care about most of those games because there are things like Destiny, Marvel. (laughs) I spent so much time in Destiny, but still, I don't don't care that if that stuff goes away. 
because I enjoyed the time while it was there, but I never think of my character because the story wasn't good enough for me to care about it. Yes. So that's that's my um my not having a problem with that is if I'm not playing the game, it's for a reason. And I might have nostalgic moments where I'm like, ah, oh, that was a really cool time in the game. Like, wow, I was like, uh, I, I got into WoW Classic, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, because I was like, that was one of the best times of my gaming life. Some would was, say it was the best time for any gamer. Yeah. Um, but playing it again, I was like, yeah, these these raids are cool, but I I don't need to do this. I think sometimes it's better to not have to go back. I mean, like the games that I'm playing at the moment on Game Pass, I can't see myself in five years being like, oh, I wish I still had Game Pass so I could play that game again. I want to play Heavenly Sword again now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> but I'm sure you can find a way to play it. Oh, I have the PS3. I, I own the game. Yeah, All right. for sure. Um, I I have a huge collection of PlayStation 3 games. Nice. I just I could start my own EB game store. <laughs> <laughs> because that was in the that was in a time in my life where I didn't have a girlfriend or anything, but I had income. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I an example of your your characters being taken away, think about what happened in China. WoW's gone. All Blizzard games are gone from China. So there were people that have been playing World of Warcraft for 10 years. Their characters are just gone. Yeah. I do think, even though I don't care about a lot of games shutting down and not being able to play them again, I know that a lot of people really care about their WoW characters. That would have sucked. I think some people may have even wanted to to end their life over it oh yes i would agree yeah like it would be hard for for a person that's not into gaming to understand that but it's you it can you can be really deep in it yeah well look at it this way we're talking about live service games or games that you're paying to play on a subscription model that might go away but we both bought Fury. Well, I bought Fury. You may have got it for free. I got it for free. And yeah, they decided to shut it down. And all of a sudden we can't play it anymore. Yeah. And we, like yeah, we, we still talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens with, it can happen with any game. People are going to stop watching this podcast purely because we don't stop talking about it. <laughs> People just so need to realize how good Fury was. Yeah. You need to understand. <laughs> But yeah, I think the danger is there with any game. And for me, I'm like, you know what? If I'm getting a a cheap price to be able to... I mean, look, PS Plus this past year, I accidentally paid for. Um, It was on... paid for 12 months of it. (laughs) That's a new thing. That's a a new thing in modern gaming. Recurring payments that just happen. It's just on the card. I, I, there are so many things that I accidentally pay for because it's su- a subscription service. Yeah, I could have sworn that I'd cancelled it, but I know when I looked back, there was no record of it. I was like, "All right, I'm copying this hundred and twenty dollars for the year because 
I had signed up for PlayStation Plus Extra, which was like the one that comes with the huge catalog of games. Yeah. That's and that's why you which, got the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I've actually played it it paid for itself already. Like I've played um what was the Japanese samurai one? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Uh, I played the crap out of PGA 2K21 um, on PS5. So I owned yep. it on PC, but then it came out on PS5, so I got it. There was crap inside it, and now there's no crap because you squeezed exactly. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, lots of games. Lots of games have come out on game uh, on um, PS Plus Extra. Do you think that's the future for gaming, that we go to more... I'm resistant of subscription models. I've talked about this a lot with you in that I don't like that people can take away the things I've bought. or But, like, I know that you're paying for a subscription. You're paying for access to a service, and while you're paying access to that service, you have access to what they're providing. So it's like you don't buy your own food you just pay for access to a buffet and whatever is in the buffet is what you can help yourself to. And that can be amazing. But um, maybe I'm, I think it might be a, a boomer thing that I, I just don't like that I'm not in control of it. Yeah, I don't know. I I think as long as, so there's a, <laughs> I've been doing a bit of acting stuff, like acting classes. Um, and so I'm a little bit, in that world online and there's currently a strike happening uh, for the writers guild of america they did one in 2007 i believe and are doing one again at the moment because people are saying that the streaming services aren't paying them enough like they get peanuts compared to what they used to get when they had royalties from tv shows rolling on every day right uh, yeah that sort of thing it's the same reason why i think taylor swift uh resisted spotify for so long yeah. Right? Yeah. And I so if I feel like if gaming companies are being fairly compensated for their game and it's going onto a streaming service, I don't mind paying for that. Yeah. No, if so I found you out don't that gaming companies were getting peanuts compared to what we're paying the streaming service, then I'd probably be more inclined to just buy games outright. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, another new thing that I don't like is games that release unfinished and then you get the obligatory apology from the developers or the the yeah. <laughs> and but you know it's coming too like a uh, callisto protocol redfall redfall was probably the biggest recent one that is that is that is another symptom of the whole thing that you can patch you can patch you have that safety net of being able to patch after the game is sold so there is no obligation for you to make a, a good game. Yeah. I think the bad thing for those companies is, I well. Those devs didn't even want to make Redfall. Yeah. So I think those games are better because, it, not better, obviously it released in the state it released, but I think streaming services are better for those type of games because as a consumer, I don't feel like I've, paid that's true for a yeah. month that's like if i went and bought that game outright i would be wanting a refund on it 
Whereas yeah, if sure. it comes out on the streaming service that I'm paying for and I download it and play it, I'll be like, well, that was like six hours of download wasted or whatever, but that's it. Like I'd go and play another game on the streaming service. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I've talked yeah. myself into feeling like games aren't very good now. <laughs> <laughs> so to conclude, so to uh, conclude yes, gaming is dying. <laughs> we're all... <laughs> We're all in the shit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I still hold that there are a lot of great games. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, since since I've started streaming, I've played a lot more. You know, do you know what? Like, if anyone's feeling this, if anyone's feeling like games aren't good anymore, I recommend trying out try out what I did. Go back and play a game that you've thought was really good back in the day my recommendation though you don't have to listen to me would be bioshock everyone liked bioshock it's and you can get the you can get the remastered version it still looks okay sometimes it looks amazing still especially the water effects they're they're awesome but it has an amazing story twist it has interesting combat it, it's an interesting world and see how you feel playing it because i think if you you'll either decide yeah this isn't really that good or you might find actually all i needed was to try something different than what i normally try yeah like it, you you can really find out quickly by going through like trying out something that you know everyone thinks is really good from back in the day you can't really trust the ones that come out recently so for example people saying that final fantasy 16 is like game of the year people will say that they're entitled to their opinion i think a lot of things are reactionary so you'll it's so tedious because people will will a game will come out and people will either go this is the best game ever made or this game is entirely trash. And that is just social media culture. Because if you don't stand out in what you say, if you aren't making a bold statement, you're invisible. Yeah. There's no place for people with reasonable um, thoughts. So if you're someone that says, yeah, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 16. It was really good, but... These things weren't that good. I didn't like these aspects of it. You just get forgotten. You have to say it like, man, Final Fantasy 16 is the best thing that has ever happened. You'll never see any fight scenes like this ever in your life. Serves <coughs> Wrath. And, but the side quests, they were dog shit. That's how you have to say it online to stand out. And that's how people speak. So yeah. it's really hard to find new games based on what people say. I think if you go back and play something that was old that you know is well-received and you see how you feel about it, it's a good, uh, a good way to check yourself as to whether you are still in love with gaming or, or not, really, in my opinion. Yep. Or it, it, did a good, it did a good thing for me. And it's fine if you find out gaming isn't just not for me for more. Uh, gaming's just not for me anymore. Like that's that's a normal thing. Yeah. 
or if you if you have a streaming platform like Game Pass or PS Plus. Yeah, that's a good a, way too. Yeah, go through and find an older game that maybe you didn't play that had good reviews and just try it out. Yeah. That's, well, I mean that's what I'm that's what I did with Hellblade. I was like, well, I kind of feel like playing Elden Ring, but I kind of don't want to play Elden Ring again. I'll try something new. I knew yeah. nothing about the game, downloaded it and installed it, and it's one of the best games I've played recently. You've got to be careful about choosing games with good reviews because you've got to remember that Call of That's Duty true. has had nothing lower than an 8 out of 10 from IGN yeah. since Modern Warfare. <laughs> they 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 don't give them bad reviews. But Look, I think Call of Duty some. does multiplayer really well. But yeah. I don't rate their single-player campaigns. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people really enjoy those games for the single-player campaign. I just don't get it. Do you think, though, that... Uh, I think that a lot of burnout on video games is because of multiplayer. People get sick of other people interfering with their lives. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> I know. A lot of the time when I stop playing a multiplayer game, it's because I've got too angry at the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't even know if that's good advice. <laughs> My advice. You're speaking from your heart. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot I want to say about, but I can't think of it right now. Another thing that I would like to touch on is that depending on how old you are, will also drastically affect how you view the state of gaming. Yeah. So I find that I sp- when I speak to a lot of younger people, they don't even care about WoW, but they do, pl- they do care about Genshin Impact and Valorant. And those things yeah. are really high value to them. Like they love... Uh, so think about it when you were young, you didn't have any money. Now imagine being young now, and there are so many games that you can play that are free. Yeah, it's true. That's that's a huge win if you're young. And I know that I don't like it. I don't like that these games are free because I know what that means. But mm-hmm. younger people don't... They either don't know or don't care. One of the two. Yeah. It, it's funny because I've tried to explain this to, to people. It's like, so you know that this game is free, but also it punishes you for not paying money in it, right? And yeah. they're like, I don't care. I'm having fun. I'm like, okay. But <laughs> I I don't know. It depends. Like, do you play any free-to-play games? Oh, I'm playing um, Nikkei Goddess of Victory. So I do play one. Yeah. I play a gacha. And... I've yeah, just come to the realization that, you know, I don't have to spend money. I don't have to be the best in this game. I just like clicking buttons and it's fine. I think a lot of a lot of younger people come at it from that perspective and they don't see a problem. But I do see a problem with letting it into things like your AAA games. Yeah. I, so I would... I would probably get addicted to wow again if it became free to play if you didn't have to pay a sub yep because that that's the biggest thing keeping me out of it at the moment is the subs 20 dollars australian i'm like 20 bucks a month like 
I can't justify spending $20 a month playing one game when I can pay $10 a month on Game Pass and play whatever game I want and get new release games the day they release. Yeah, no, that is a huge difference. And a lot of of people spend in WoW and that they might not make as much money as they're making, but they're not going to lose the people who pay for the cosmetics and all that sort of stuff. They might even get more people back who are inclined to pay for something when they see a whole bunch of other people writing something that's cool that they can't have because they haven't paid for it. How do you feel about store mounts? I don't mind them. Yeah? I, I don't mind store mounts. I So WoW has tokens as well where you can buy gold. Yeah. Um, no, I'm fully aware that WoW's pay to win. Yeah. So Pay to look good. It Pay to get ahead quicker than other people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you can, you can put in time and work your way fairly quickly to the same as somebody who's put a lot of money in. Um, I think that's probably one good thing about WoW is that the gold, as much as you can buy gear, you can't deck your character out in a complete set of gear other than using your gold to get somebody to, or like you can pay guilds to run you through the highest content to get gear. Yes. Um, but a lot of people make money or make gold on WoW without uh, having to buy tokens. Like people make ridiculous money through the auction house and playing the auction house and selling their own runs and that sort of thing. Like the guys in the guild I was in when I was playing were selling uh, Mythic Plus, which is like a, I think they're like Torment Dungeons or something in Diablo. I haven't played Diablo, but it's like a more difficult version of the dungeon with modifiers um, and you get, a much better piece of gear at the end. And so they would run people through that for like 250,000 gold a pop and it took them like half an hour. Yeah, right. And so then they'd split that between the four of them and they'd do like six or seven of those a night and were just making ridiculous money. And then the people who were buying the runs were obviously buying tokens or whatever to pay for it. Yeah. It's frustrating because... Uh, okay, so no, it's not frustrating. Um, I know that a lot of younger people that I've speak spoken to won't play MMOs like WoW or Final Fantasy, like one of the the gates that keeps them out is the sub. Because they won't yeah. they don't want to pay for the box, the game. Yeah. Uh which you have to do if you have Final Fantasy. They don't want to pay for the game and pay for a sub and there's an in-game store. Yeah. Which is like I, that does make a lot of sense to me, but then also when I look at the reality of okay, so you don't have a sub, so what does that mean? Well, it means that your game is free to access, but then you have to buy ten thousand crystals with real money if you want to yeah. play in the raid, and like <laughs> that's why there's so many systems in Lost Ark that just make it tedious once you get to the end game, and that's a real pity because. Lost Ark is really fun. Yeah. It's really fun uh, until you've got you've got to upgrade, you've got to hone your gear, and it's like you need you just need to do so much more work as a free player to yeah. even and you'll never compare because you'll spend fourteen hours doing something. Someone that pays money can also spend fourteen hours and pay money, so they'll always be better off than you. And because it's an MMO with raids, guess what I was saying before? Experienced people don't want to take new people because they're garbage. 
yep. there's no value for them. So if you're free to play, you don't get to play the the end stuff as easily. Like it, it's a huge yep. commitment. It ends up being a much larger commitment than it should be because it's free. And so that's one of the reasons why I think younger people don't realize that it's a problem and that you should try. I think you should try and fight it is because they have the time now. They don't know yeah. what it's like to not have the time. Yeah. I, but like, you know, this all comes across as someone uh, being like, well, back in my day, you know, what? hello, fellow kids, back in my day, it uh, it doesn't resonate. You can't tell someone that's younger. They have to experience it for themselves before they'll realize, which is a pity yes. because it's like, it's one of the things. It's like, oh, if only gamers united. If only gamers voted with their wallets. Well, guess what? They vote with their wallets. It's just that they they, they vote yeah. for the corporate greed. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I was like, I'm, I like if a game like WoW. I, I was thinking about it. I looked it up before to see how many people were playing. And they're estimating that there are currently eight point five million people subscribed to it, and I'm like. That's 8.5 million times the equivalent of 20 Australian dollars. I think it's 15 US. Like that's a lot of money to justify losing to your shareholders just because people don't want to pay. There's obviously 8.5 million people who are willing to pay for it. So the problem is, is that the problem with it is that with shareholders, if you're a public trading company, it doesn't matter how much you make, it has to increase. And if yeah. you are not increasing your profits, then like if you are not actively showing that you are making an attempt to increase profits for the company, the shareholders can actually go back and sue the the um, developers as yeah. a public trade company. Which sucks. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem is that good is not good enough. It needs to be yeah. better than last time. And it needs to be better than last time fairly quickly too. There's no, uh, you know, like, uh, there's no Dark Souls story where you start with Demon Souls and it's like, wow, that's a sleeper hit. And then you make yeah. Dark Souls and then you make Dark Souls 2 and then you make Dark Souls 3 and then you make Sekiro and you get Game of the Year. And now you're leading up to a legacy. Now people really trust your game. And then you hit, you release Elden Ring and it explodes. But you're also, you're not monetizing Elden Ring. So what the hell are you doing? You're just yeah. leaving money on the table. So from a, a from a business person's perspective, that's a garbage way to do things. The problem so like the problem I see is that the art doesn't mix with the business very well. But yeah. also both of those things are absolutely necessary to make a game. You can't just yes. have a bunch of creative people with no no limits on them. Because they'll never do anything. Yeah. They'll never release anything. They'll never make a compromise. But also, you, <laughs> the problem that we have now is that most AAA um, developed titles are, in at the end of the day, business controlled. Yeah. And the creative aspect of it is only to serve the business side of it. It only exists to funnel in business. Or at least that's how it's perceived. Like, uh, there's a lot. Yeah. Of, okay, I sh- I, I want to I want to just end on on a few good things though. There's a lot of good games. I think Hogwarts Legacy was good. 
right? Yeah. That came out this year. Uh, that was a good game. Atomic Heart was a good game. I know that it's not... Not every game has to be game of the year, but Atomic Heart was fun. It was polished and it worked. Uh, yeah. The Dead Space remake was good. RE4 was good. Just those alone. Tears of the Kingdom was good. Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. Just those alone are way more triple A or or very high quality games than you used to get in a single year, I feel. Yeah. It's a lot of good things. I think we're kind of spoiled for choice in a way. Yes. So it's actually a really great problem to have. The good thing about remakes is that if you miss them and you don't want to go back and play a crappy looking game, you've got a remake that you can play that's current gen quality with the same story and meaty bits that you missed out on originally. Yeah. I mean, some of them change the story a little. Like purists might might argue with you there. But <laughs> I do I do generally agree with you. I yeah. enjoy remakes when they're games that I missed and I wanted to play, but I don't want to play them on PlayStation 1 in 2023. Yeah. So I'm not like against that. them. Yeah, go on. Did you play Alan Wake? No. That's um, I believe it's the PS Plus monthly. Oh, uh, one of the PS Plus monthly games this this uh, month. I need to get on. I'm it. really yeah. excited to play that. So you can check out Alan Control. Wake too. Yeah, well, I played Control and loved it. And oh right, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it was made by the same people in the same universe. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, I guess I'm gonna play it. Do you think that remakes take away from original ideas? So um, do you think developers are spending too much time on remakes? I think it's partly, my personal view is it's partly yes and par- partly no. Yes, uh, I agree. I think if it's not taking away from uh, something else that they could have been doing, like if they didn't have a plan to make another game and they were like, well, this is in our plan, then sure, go for it. Yeah. because like I if- think if they were... Funneling resources to a remake instead of working on a new game, I'd be upset. But usually the remakes are done by a separate branch of the company. Can you say that last part again? Uh, usually remakes, from what I've seen, are done by a separate part of the company or an offshoot. Yeah, I do think that uh, adding more cooks doesn't... Um, what's the saying? More cooks doesn't make the broth good. Something to that effect. <laughs> more cooks don't look a gift horse in the teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More more cooks don't burn a bush or throw stones exactly. that kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Two cooks in the bush <laughs> look a gift horse with the broth. <laughs> All right. I think we'll we'll end things we'll end things there. Um all right guys, I think we'll end the, there for tonight. Um Tell us what you think. I'm I'm very interested to hear your guys' takes on whether you think that gaming has gotten better or whether it's gotten worse. Is it dying? Or is this the best time of your life? Uh, you can forward those ideas to liveaveragegamer at gmail.com. L-I-V-A-V-E-R-A-G-E-G-A-M-E-R at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was way longer than I needed it to be. Anyways, guys, thank you so much. I've been Rob. I've been Caleb. All right. See you guys. We'll still be Caleb.
<laughs> All right. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>